0: Welcome back to Super Flexible Podcast. Here this week with JD from Goat District. How in the hell are you? This is episode 99. I just kind of noticed that, like, getting ready to go on the show.
1: Get the Wayne Gretzky episode.
0: I Yeah, dude. I mean, so it's approaching 100. Um, I'm going to have to find a way to get with 2drink to do that. I know you're here and me. 2drink is taking a little step back, but we are doing episode 100 somehow yeah you gotta do that man That's somehow or or I'll do it without you, and we'll do one hundred and one or one hundred and two or one hundred and three together but <laughs> <laughs> um, but dude, it's crazy, like so, and I wasn't even gonna talk about this, but when I just saw that ninety nine and then you go into that hundred and I threw up a quick message this morning um at some point today. it's been a crazy day, um but I threw up a quick m- message this morning, I mean this so much, and I'm gonna try to like fly through this so I don't get emotional but the like and this is advice just so like people starting a podcast and like near and dear to my heart and like um and I said I'm gonna get emotional because I mean it but those first 100 episodes I did with that dude just like the high that we rode and how much fun we had like, man, some of the most fun I've had in my life. And that, and I'm talking about, like, fantasy football breakdown and just, like, so, I mean, and if anybody doesn't know by now, like, Two Drink is going to take a small step back, like a small hiatus, like, um, he'll, he'll still be around, you'll hear his voice, he can explain some of this to him. You guys, if he wants to, otherwise we're just going to, like, hit the mic and record whenever we can, but he's taking a small step back, which could be a huge step back. So it just got me, like... Thinking and reflecting of like how much fun we've had and just like enjoy every episode you do. That's that's like getting back to my advice for somebody that's like starting out. Like, because um, it's too late for JD and I. Um, but, I I'm
1: gonna I'm gonna add this though, buddy. Not to cut off your
0: yeah, your, you're fine.
1: I know I don't want you to get too sentimental, so I'll give you a couple breaks here and there. But <laughs> um, I, I I was telling this to someone the other day. And I think so many times, especially if you're driven and you have goals and you're trying to get somewhere, sometimes we get way too focused on where we want to get and we don't realize that we're already doing it. Like we're already, you're already doing it. Whatever it is that you're doing, you're already doing it, right? That's, that's, so try to just take a moment here and there and enjoy it. It's like, if you have kids, sure anyone with kids, you know, it just flies by next thing you know, they're, you know, moving out of the house or whatever. So it's like that with everything, honestly, because I'm thinking you're talking, I'm thinking, when we started doing our podcast, we're on episode 120 something. And Nate and I started like, it was, I just, I remember us being in each in our garage. He's in California. It was like super late at night, sweating, no air conditioning, like bad sound, you know, noises all the time. Yeah. We didn't know what we were doing half the time. And then you you think back and you're like, those were good days, man. And it's what you're saying right now. Right. So you got to yeah. you got a moment here and there and just take it in.
0: Yeah. And I think it is part of it too. Like, and I like what you said. I'm not going to quote you because I probably won't say it exactly the same, but to to your point, like, of um, you're already doing it. And, okay. and I think, like, part of the fun about the beginning is we just didn't care what we did. Like, hardly anybody knew about us. You know, we had a small following from, um, like, we were on Fantasy Life app a lot. Like, different different people had started to appreciate our advice. Like, we accidentally guested on a couple podcasts together and, and him and I had already kind of, like, grew a certain amount of chemistry just in, like, the text message world. And and then, like, we'd had this idea for, I mean, we probably talked, like, for six months to a year about doing a podcast before we are finally like, dude, why why haven't we done this yet? So we finally did it. And the the chemistry that we had together, like, was probably... I mean the chemistry was there so there's no excuse for that but him and I but it was probably also came so easily just because we both didn't care the most important thing was to have fun and by the time we started caring like I don't think we'd kind of realize where we'd gotten and it was to this like almost like silly little competitive world that we all have that like you don't care where you go until you see somebody else go there and then sometimes you're like well why not us like you know in our in our alpha male minds we we think we're better than them for whatever reason, and maybe we are maybe we were um and, and I don't even have anybody in mind, but you start to and then it builds this like like um, I don't even know if it's a competitive world, but like you wanna get someplace. Like, like you said, and then you kind of realize, like, wow, I'm already here, and I've been able to reflect so many times, like, recently, and I'm sorry to the listeners if this is not, like, what you came here to hear, like, but but you get to this place where I, I've met you, dude, and, like, I don't even think of, like, like, the first couple times you might talk to somebody, you've earned this respect about them that you, for some reason are excited about it at this level that you may not think that you should be talking to them or, um, it, I, that might not even make sense. I think, you know what I'm trying to say, but you, yeah, I totally not get you, what you, and then you just kind of realize like how lucky you are to be a part of this community and have met so many people that have the same passion as you and, and why we all started it. We started it because we probably saw somebody else doing it. We probably thought we could do it better. Just like, when you were in your first fantasy leagues and and you started to get hooked and then you wanted more and then you wanted more and then for us we were in it so much that we wanted to take it a step past like our leagues because our passion had like grown to something that we thought we could do so and that's another thing if you don't think you belong that's the problem like you have to you have to believe and know that you belong otherwise like and I'm not saying this to anybody directly, but if, if you're listening, like if you don't think you belong, either find a reason to think you belong or don't do it. Be and, and and I mean that in no rude way or towards anybody. But I mean, I even had those those times when like I was compared to somebody that I respected greatly, and, and I mean like full time like paid analyst, and it to the point where it almost made me feel awkward. And, and I showed that to a friend of mine who doesn't care about fantasy football, doesn't care about podcasting, doesn't care about anything I do, to be honest with you. So I don't know if he's a good friend or not, but at, <laughs> but at the same time, so I, I said, I go, look, I go, this makes me feel weird. Like being placed with this person, like I don't belong in this conversation. And he looked at me and he goes, man, I don't know who that person is, but I know you. And he goes, but I'm going to tell you this if you don't think you belong in the conversation with that person, why are you doing it? Yeah. And that person like is, is much more acclaimed than me. But I mean, to, to my friend's point, like that doesn't mean that he necessarily gives better advice than me. Sometimes he probably does sometimes, you know what I mean? But, but it really was kind of one of those wake up moments where just kind of like, okay, I get what you said. And, and like, and I totally got it. I could take it in very quickly, like, okay, I get it, you know? Like, no, I'm not said analyst. I don't have that following. But if I don't think I can do what he's doing, why? What's the point? And, and I do believe in myself. And and that's not even, like, the arrogant side of me. And I have one. We all do a little bit. But I do believe that I can do this in some capacity and I enjoy this a lot and and for me from the beginning all it's ever been about was having a good time and hopefully hopefully helping somebody feel like they got a little bit closer to building a good dynasty or or maybe a nice redraft team even for that matter um full disclosure like that's kind of where fantasy football breakdown came from and started was with that like we may joke about now like that simpler like 10 to 12 team redraft format where you don't have all this depth that you and I have gotten used to dealing with and talking about but um I don't know we're I don't know how I got here I don't know but yeah (laughs) No, I mean, look, man. It's it's. I, I think you, uh,
1: you know, we talked about coming on, and and you weren't sure, but I, I, I think you know, you had some stuff you wanted to get off your chest. That's obviously a thought process you're you're going through right now. You're there's some changes happening, but you you nailed a lot of that on the head, dude. We that's something I think anyone who puts a mic in front of their mouth and puts themselves out there goes through. One, like you're not gonna try it or do it unless you a have the drive and b have the confidence. Right? It's it's not really a cockiness. I would say I think it's just. A, I think everybody thinks, oh, I could do it. You know, maybe better or as good. Yeah, and it gets them interested, and then they look into it, and then you, you know, you you kind of build whatever it is that you want to build, whether that's be uh, you know an analyst that writes articles or that has a, you know whatever it is that you're doing, whether even if it's not fantasy related. I think that's you need those two things in order to get yourself to to, to put the time, the effort, and also the to put the possibility of failing out there, you know, and that's, that's probably the fear is, is you're scared to to fail. And like you said, you're speaking like people always say, Oh, you get like awesome guests on goat district. And yeah, it's same thing. Right. I, sometimes I got to sit and think back and be like, wow, we, yeah, like we get awesome guests on here. And the people that, like you said, that we've met and spoken to everyone's super nice. Everyone's supportive. It's such a good community. We're lucky that our passion falls in this, realm because we're surrounded by people that are encouraging in, in, in general like most people anyways in general right are yeah, encouraging yeah. positive you're willing to help oh dude i got that fly yes guy finally oh this thing's been bugging me i hit it twice man this thing i was, I was
0: hearing about this fly before we hit <laughs> record before we even hit the mic
1: he was and he was like he he got hit twice and he got back up the last time i was like there's no way this thing's getting up and he's been flying right in front of me the last few minutes so i just finally got him thank god but um yeah no man i think that's the thing right you're you're you you put yourself out there it, it's not like somebody's asked you to do this you right. know like i i i mean you might be lucky enough to do this full time and have a podcast and people reach out to you and you're like Joe Rogan, you know? Yeah.
0: We're, we're <laughs> generally doing this be, because we enjoy it and we like it. And, <laughs> and uh, I mean, we still hit like places like the Twitter sphere and the streets and, and take some shit from people. Um, you mentioned failure. like, we're constantly in a situation to put a take in failure and putting our thought process out there. And we're, we're well aware sometime, even with our, most confident takes that like, wow, I just went in all in on that or all against that. And I'm I'm well aware that as against CEH as I am, he could be an instant success.
1: It's so crazy how you and I, our brains just without even speaking to each other on topics, we just seem to align because you just said that. And I'm like, yeah, we're one of the few, you know? Yeah.
0: Yep. So, so that's something too, that like, we're, we constantly like set ourselves up for failure. Um, the chances of us probably like failing on some of our takes is greater than the success. Uh, so why are you listening to us? I don't know. Um, <laughs> cause, cause I don't know.
1: Well, uh, like speaking of putting yourself out there, uh, Tyler DHH reached out to me and asked me if I'd be interested in, you know, putting up some rankings uh, if I wanted to do articles, that kind of stuff, a, I would, I didn't know if I could even find the time to do that. But I said, you know what? I'll give it a try. And mm-hmm. then it's like that's you know that's again just me putting myself out there. You know how it is. You put a tweet yeah, about something, yeah. you got like ten people hating on whatever because yeah, yep. you know, somebody's not in in the fourth spot instead of the sixth or whatever right, it is. Yeah. But again, it's we, I, we all
0: like to. Why do you hate said player? Because yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and some of it's out of fun, but yeah, I totally know what you mean.
1: Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, those conversations are fun as long as, you know, it's a conversation. It's not like people actually getting upset about stuff because I never understand mm. that in fantasy. But anyways, that's a whole other topic. Um, but yeah, you put yourself out there. I think with with you guys, though, the thing uh, that came across for me that was appealing is and I think that the people who are the most successful in this are the ones who are just like they find themselves quickly and like who they truly are. And that's who they are when they're on the mic. You know what I mean? Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, like, absolutely. I think some people come in and they try to be something maybe they're not, not, on, not even on purpose, just to try to live up to like this expectation that they think is there, like a perceived
0: expectation. I, I absolutely agree. Like, and, and I try to explain it like I believe that there is a little bit of a difference, and I use it a little bit loosely, between an ultra ego and building a character. Because I think once you build a character, you stand the chance of having to hold on to something mm-hmm. that you're not. -hmm. An ultra ego, like somebody like me, like that's an. This is actually like, this is me. Am I going to get off this microphone and go talk to my family exactly how I talk to you guys? (laughs) Like, absolutely not. And you might have even mentioned that before to me, JD, and put that in my head. Uh, But, but absolutely not. I'm not going to. Like, but, but I mean, this is something that, and going back to two drink and i mean we we never tried to build characters we got to be those like ourselves like with a little bit extra on it and those alter egos and i think that to your point like <clears throat> that's kind of why it worked and why why we enjoyed each other so much um and i say that like it's past tense i mean it like he's still going to be around and huge part of my life like you'll hear his voice again but yeah. At what capacity, like, we're not sure yet, but it just, it did, it, so it's not like I'm, it's not like I'm an emotional, like, there's an end, but it did give me a lot of, like, reflection this last couple days of just kind of, um, how we began this together and we grew together, and, um, like, he said in his message that he put on Twitter that I haven't even been able to respond to because, like, I don't know how to, so, I know he's hearing all this, but, by the time you hear it, I've probably replied to your message, but uh, the pause is just because like, even with us talking the last couple days, I'm kind of just like, Oh, like, damn. But shout out to that guy, man. So you mentioned that you're on the clock.
1: Oh, I already, I already made the picks.
0: What'd we do? <laughs> but what, I'm on, what's, the, clock. What's I'm on league the clock and, and everything
1: again. Okay. So the, the first one we talked about was underdog. This is literally my first, I just got on the site cause I didn't know if I could play on there as a Canadian. So I got on uh, the underdog. I just, I'm just doing like a, a, just to try the the software out. I'm doing it just a $10 best ball and uh, I'm in the one spot. So I started with CMC, came back on the two, three, grabbed DJ Moore and James Conner. James Conner is not someone I have a lot of shares of. I'm trying to mix in at uh, this time of year. I mix in some guys that I don't necessarily have big ownership of. Where, do, or ownership
0: where did you of. take James Conner then? Sorry. Yeah. The, the two, three. Two, three. Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah. He's he's uh, he's climbing. He's climbing quickly, and that's kind of why I don't have a lot of shares because he was a lot lower when I when I was grabbing the few shares that I had in Best Ball.
0: This is but a redraft format.
1: This is a redraft half PPR that they have set up. Okay, but um, again, with I always say with Best Ball, it's not necessarily about the individual players. I think people get way too hung up on that. It's really about the roster construction and and that position as a whole. When you're how done.
0: many bench spots will you have? So these are 18 deep. Okay. Starting 10. Deep.
1: It's, uh, I, so this is the thing and I, I'm still like going back and forth with them cause I can't find a lot of the details of the rules. So I've been asking people in the DMS mm. uh, in a couple high stakes leagues and they, they're all on this thing. You know, they've been on it for a while now. So I'm trying to get info. So I just found out it's half PPR, uh, yesterday.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> I guess where I was going was, are you going to handcuff Connor? And do you think that no, that should know. be Benny Snell or Anthony McFarlane?
1: Oh, actually, that's a good conversation right there. So I know I know you're a big Snell guy, and I was a big McFarlane guy, I guess, when he got drafted to the Pittsburgh just because of the situation, the questions with Connor. Um, you know, he's an exciting type of a prospect. But it seems from the little research that I've done the last few days that he hasn't really popped much. You know, he's 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 playing, I think, with the second or third teams or whatever. So he hasn't really, you know, established anything yet or caught the eye of anyone yet in camp. And it seems that Benny Snell is going to be the clear backup to James Conner. Mm-hmm. Which, which, yeah, I mean, down when I get further in the draft. So what I did on, on the 4-5 turn when I was up just now is I went another two two running backs. So I've got four running backs in my first five picks. And the reason I do that is then I can just, hammer the other positions the rest of the way. So if a running back falls at a good enough value for the rest of this draft, because I've already got uh, four, um, I will grab ma- one, maybe two, usually just one. I usually do about five five running backs, and uh, then I'll just hammer receiver. And uh, obviously, you know, throw the tight. The tight end's easy because it's so deep. If I'm not getting one of the first two guys, like I'm in starting this FFPC best ball right now, and uh, I'm in the nine spot, and I'm considering... Kelsey, just because a, I don't have out of my FPC drafts. I don't think I have any recent drafts where I grabbed Kelsey in the first round. Um, that this is the only format where I even consider that, just because it's tight end premium and uh, it does it can give you an advantage. Hmm. But I probably um, let me see who's uh, let's take a look here, brother. You want to know who's who's uh, you got like Kelsey Adams? Well, you know the you know the first eight,
0: mm-hmm. eight
1: pretty much whoever's left. Um, you got talks of Mixon. what's going
0: on with Mixon? You I, know yeah what? i wanted to bring that up at some point i just too. saw
1: his name now actually i might go my small sanders now
0: that okay. just, yeah so i had a league that um I, I didn't draft typically how i did in our pure michigan uh dynasty league i i don't have much running back depth my rb2 would have been david montgomery so <laughs> and, and so we can bring that in a little bit it too so we're we're feeling like that's probably two to four weeks but it made me feel the need for a running back and i had put in a trade offer with uh to the jimmy garoppolo owner i want to mention just just so you know and he has jimmy garoppolo and philip rivers as his starting quarterbacks but i i'm deep at quarterback because of how i draft so i sent him out Drew Lock and this is why I thought Jimmy G might matter a little bit to you. I sent him Drew Lock and Brandon Ayuk to try to get Mixon from him. And then when I saw the news today, I I canceled that trade because I felt like it that doesn't help my David Montgomery situation at all if he's holding out for those games. So it made me a little bit worried. Um first of all, I guess like how do you feel about that trade offer I sent him? And, and and kind of that Mixon situation, like, was I right to get a little bit scared and pull back from that?
1: So you said you offered Ayuk and Locke for for Mixon? Yeah, super flex, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, and I would I,
0: still have four starting quarterbacks, so you know, even if Locke goes,
1: I don't hate. The only thing is this: um, Ayuk right now is injured,
0: isn't he? Yeah, he's a little banged up. Okay, he he, he okay. should still start though. I thought I thought he'd start week one.
1: I just. I just try I not it. to trade those guys, you know, when they're in the headline as being injured, because as much as you don't, you know, you you say you know what kind of value you want, and you're you're. I, I just feel like it's almost impossible for you to not lose value because the, the the other person is aware of the news. You know, at the end of the day, like there was a guy yesterday in one of my high stakes puts out a message saying he's he's moving Montgomery and he's well aware of his injury. To yeah, me, yeah,
0: I got some low ball offers for David Montgomery yesterday, and uh, which, which is like, fine. Yeah. That, that I can't do that's it.
1: That's fine. If you're out there trying to get him for cheap, I that's fine. But if you're purposely, if you're I we were having this discussion, not too, a good
0: time to move him,
1: not a good time to move him. And I want to know your, your, I want to ask you about this too. How do you feel about um, when people message the entire league saying a player is available? Is that's something you do. And what what are your thoughts on it?
0: Um, It, it depends on the league. There are different kinds of leagues. I have cut back on doing that because I feel like it, it depreciates value a little bit. I think if you're, there are some leagues where you can trust some of your trade partners to, to want those players at a fair market value. Um, it also depends on what you're trying to do. Like maybe in my situation, like I might express like, Hey, I've got some quarterback depth and, and I'm looking for a running back because I lost David Montgomery and just, just be honest with them. Um, at that point if somebody tries to charge me too much or there's something I'm not comfortable with um I'll be aware and I'll I'll just probably kind of try to see what happens but I don't think that something like that is crazy because now I'm not like I'm not telling you like Haskins is on the block and having you think like oh he doesn't want Haskins I'm telling you I have quarterback depth and and, and at this point I mean it doesn't mean I'm giving you control or pick of the crop. It just means like, oh, I'm gonna go look at his quarterbacks now. If you're coming after Mahomes, which I have in this league, it's gonna cost a lot more. And it's it. it I'm not saying it can't happen, but it's not gonna be like if you're coming after Haskins or Drew Lock. So it gives me still some flexibility. <clears throat> I'm being honest with my league and expressing my need and where I think I'm strong at, but. But now I'm in a lot of other leagues where if I go in and I put Drew Locke on the block because I feel like his value versus my depth and other quarterbacks, he's the one that I'd like to try to move. I feel like everybody's now coming at me with ridiculous... I don't even want to say always ridiculously low, but offers that just just don't seem to be appealing to you or make sense to fix your situation. Um, I would rather at this point just send out some cold offers and have a few people see drew lock hit the inbox um maybe do the trick where you kind of message your league that hey just sent you all a few offers and then a couple few people have to know that like oh i got this offer for drew lock but i bet a couple other teams did too like hmm maybe i do want drew lock you know what i mean or because drew lock's kind of a hot commodity right now so he's a different than offering out Haskins but um but I have started to put players on the block less and less just because I feel like it hurts their value in that league
1: I I think it's a big mistake I think it's a mistake that players do and I like I said I play in high stake leagues and I feel like that's where I see it the most and it blows my mind like I'm in dms with most of my leagues right whether it's on twitter or wherever it is so many different ones now but And you've got guys that'll come in. Like we have Nate, you know Nate, in our goat leagues. Every day, he's you know he'll drop a tweet. Hey guys, this I'm selling this guy, selling that guy. But because it's him, you're not really devaluing that player. You know that he's just the type of guy that wants to be he wants action all the
0: time. Trying to be a little active.
1: Exactly. So you don't really because of that uh, you know narrative, you're not really reducing. You're not in your head perceiving that player at a lower cost or thinking you can get him at a lower cost. I feel like as soon as you put that message out there you're just asking for low ball offers i and i'll give you an example the other day my one of my 500 leagues on on ffpc the guy puts out a tweet and he lists five players and i always look for the best guy on that list and think okay hey, what can i offer i didn't even have time to go put an offer together this guy sold uh, parker devonte parker for a second i was putting a pack like something together mm-hmm. i wouldn't sell i wouldn't sell parker for a second he's a top 24 receiver for me.
0: Yeah, Uh, I saw Parkler, uh Parkler (laughs) Parker get a first in a league just a week or so ago.
1: Exactly. And that's my point. Whereas if like A A, if you're gonna make that mistake, don't accept the first thing that comes to you. Wait to see who else is going to send you offers. First of all, give it like a day or two. Second of all, in my opinion, and you you actually I that's why I kind of let you go because you navigated towards where what I think is the best way to handle that. And if you want to move a player exactly what you did. You go out, you put out whatever, four or five offers or as many you go to I usually look at every roster and see, you know, is there a guy or a couple of guys that I want on this roster and then obviously that's who I'm going to send offers to. I'll send a bunch out. At least you're setting the tone. You're setting a price. You're determining what ballpark you're going to play in. When you just send out, "Hey, I'm I'm, you know, going to sell this guy now." And you're you're leaving it up to the people placing the offer to set the standard like where that price is going to be in my sure.
0: opinion now what if like because now i'll ask the question but then i want to explain a little bit of a situation so what if that player is say in Superflex, like one of those top four players like barkley cmc mahomes or lamar jackson and now and the reason i say that is because there have been times in leagues that we are both in speaking for myself here though but there have been times where all of a sudden Barkley moves. And the first thing you think is, wow, I would have paid more. And you don't want to be a jerk and go say this to the league. And first of all, you should not go to your league and say that. But but you think to yourself, like, oh, I would have paid more. So when it's those players, is it okay to put CMC on the block? Because in my head I'm thinking, like, man, if I knew he was available, which shame on me for not trying to get them to the other point, but if I knew he was available... I would have been in a bidding war, and I would have found a way to pay a little bit more than that guy did. So is is that any different when it's that like those those studs that you can't devalue? Like screw off if you're coming to get me for Barkley on the cheap because I put him on the block.
1: I feel like I'm in sales, man, and I and I just feel like you show you and I, and I'm I'm a poker guy, so. For me, the less information, and I might be wrong with this because I know some people are completely different. They'll go in the full, and I know you, like you, y- you and a few guys that we play with, like you guys enjoy getting in a DM talking about it. I've maybe it's because my lifestyle, like I, you I know, don't
0: as much I, anymore, to be any honest anymore, right? with you. Sometimes yeah. it's just like, dude, I don't, I'm in this many leagues. I want exactly. to accomplish this today. Exactly. Um, you're super cool, dude, but I don't have an hour to talk to you about a trade.
1: And that's how I feel. And that's why I'm usually sending out offers. So for me, as soon as I know that you have this, like for me, if you're announcing to everyone, you're moving a top four piece, you've like, that's not something that you just decide on a whim. You've I know because I've got Barkley on two rosters right now mm-hmm. and I wouldn't, I
0: wouldn't mind uh, moving. That's a good point. point. Yeah, I hear you. I think I know oh, where you're going.
1: As soon as you let them know that you have thought of moving this player, his his price already went down, in my opinion. Like that that's how I perceive it. Because I'm, I already, I'm already looking at my roster. thinking... What is okay, that
0: much any different than me sending you an offer where you get Barkley? Uh,
1: no, because you still know that there's a starting point there. Okay. Like there's, okay. So, so if you're the Barkley owner and you want to move them, mm-hmm. I would way, way prefer. And this is what I've, and again, I'm just, this is what I do: is I'll go and look at. Okay, if I'm moving Barkley, who are like for me? I'm not moving Barkley just for any package or any. You know, I, I need specific players involved in the deal, so I'll go look at which owners have those players? Do they have more than one player that I want? Okay. So here's four teams that have what, more. Than what
0: one is a, a rookie running back that would start our conversation? Like, what are you looking for? Cause you said you do have specific players, but
1: well, like I told uh, someone who's trying to get them off me and we've been going back and forth. it I, I need JT or Swift to be in the conversation.
0: Okay. Do you have those players or do, oh, does, okay. does that person? I'm sorry. Did that person have yeah. those players?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's one example of a Barkley situation that I've gone through recently where they had, they were trying to send me other pieces. And those those
0: I, are the players that came to mind for me too. When I said the rookie.
1: It's like I talk about on the goat district, man. Like it's all about pivot. Like if I'm moving a valuable piece and I'm break, like if I'm basically stepping down from it, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. I, I need something to pivot to. I'm not like, sometimes I see these sales of these big players for a package and I'm like, like you've got to have something in there of value. It can't just be all based on upside or, or, uh, you know, what you think that person's value is going to be. There has to be an already perceived value established with, with that piece. If I'm moving a big piece, so I'll give you an example, like for me to move off of Barkley, I want someone that I consider uh, in the top, let's say 15, uh, 12 to 15 running backs, mm-hmm. that are of lesser value that that's the start of the conversation. So that means that I'm not going to be getting like you know a rookie wide receiver that might hit with I don't know I, I'm I don't have a, a an example in my head right now but my point is I need I need a significant piece back where where I, the pivot like I need the pivot part I need something to hang my hat on that's what I'm saying yeah so that no matter what with all those other pieces if that goes wrong at least I got this piece that I think can bring its value up. And pr- give me even maybe production close to the piece that I just sold. That's what I'm always trying to do. That's my first goal, anyways.
0: Yeah, I call it uh, splitting the stocks. And I know it's not exactly like what that you do with you when you split the stocks on Wall Street per se. But the idea behind splitting the stocks is that let let's say we get Swift and Jonathan Taylor and a, a small piece back, and you trade your Barkley away. In my head. I'm expecting one or both of Swift and Jonathan Taylor to I'm not gonna say get to that Barkley level, which would be awesome. I'm not saying they won't, but I'm saying I'm not I'm not expecting them to get to the Barkley level, but I am expecting a rise in their stocks. So I'm getting two stocks in where I expect the value to go up at some point. How high we don't know yet. I, I like both those players a lot, so I mean sky is the limit. But we know that Barkley is at his ceiling, and rightly so. I don't want to take him down from his ceiling. He's being drafted accordingly. He's being valued accordingly. That mm-hmm. said, that value can only go one way from where it is, and that's down. Even if even if he has, like, I mean, he's still going to age like all the other running backs. CMC and Barkley are studs. Um, by no means am I saying trade them away, but if I can get the right deal, I'm fine Splitting the stocks on that one and getting a couple and a half players that I feel can have value increases. I don't think you can go wrong because at some point you're gonna wish that you made that move with Barkley. Unfortunately, even if it's in two or three years.
1: Exactly. So. Yeah, I mean, it, and and that's where you just have to decide when you're mo- when you decide to move that piece. Like, what is it that you're willing to take back for it? And and again, just if 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 the deal doesn't happen. You don't have to force it, It, you know, and that's one thing I I was thinking about the other day is I feel like people put in their head that they want to move a certain player. The season's coming up. They're trying to get their roster in order. And sometimes maybe we we force or maybe we give in, you know, and we settle for a deal that maybe we weren't as excited for just because, you know, you needed a tight end or what, you know, whatever it is, your reasoning that you that you convince yourself that this deal is going to be good enough. Like go in with a certain idea and try to stick to it. And if it doesn't happen, just wait a little bit, man. Time doesn't hurt anybody. Like you give it an, even a week, two weeks. Your idea, your value of a player might change. The other owner's valuation of a player might change. That was involved. He might come back to you with with a you know with the offer you didn't want. So don't just give it away, man. That's all I'm saying. Sometimes you see deals and you're like you know, and then you you, you see in the comments like oh well we went back and forth. He wouldn't give this. Player and that's what I really wanted. Well, so then just wait. Why you make the move then?
0: Yeah, yeah, you don't have to. And that's even what we've been advocating with like Superflex and the, as as John Hogue, Hogue calls it, like the Superflex Extreme, which is awesome and and get to know more about it. But is when you do have those quarterbacks, it doesn't mean you have to move them today to make your team better. It doesn't mean that you're ever going to move them. But it also doesn't have to mean that. You're going to always hold on to them. Eventually that quarterback depth, if you use patience, will it, it just gives you so much roster flexibility. But that's a whole other story. Um <laughs> as far it, as like I, I the super flex that, aspect. But I
1: just realized I never even answered your question about your trade offer <laughs> after all. We just went on like a twenty minute discussion. Yeah.
0: And that's what's so great about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know. so so yeah, but because I, I haven't personally devalued Brandon Ayuk because of anything. I think I think he'll be ready week 1. Like I think that he's due for a decent opportunity. And that's not a sales pitch for Ayuk or anybody that I might try to trade with, but I I I don't know. I'm fine Get kind of moving on from him with the wide receivers I have in this league, but yeah, so I have Josh Allen, Mahomes, um I have Herbert Haskins, and then I have Drew Locke in this league. And who does so he have?
1: Who does the other guy have? He has
0: about? Jimmy G and Phillip Rivers. So yeah.
1: see that, that fits his the, the lock fits his and then what about his receiver situation?
0: Um his receiver situation isn't bad. That's one problem I found in this league is when I looked for the team that I felt was weak at wide receiver, I couldn't find it. Like they it's everybody might not have studs, but everybody seemed like they had a decent amount of, like, a mix of depth, at least, to where they could fill their starters. I couldn't find one team where I felt like, wow, they really didn't get any wide receivers. Uh, pretty well-rounded. I was kind of surprised, actually. I don't know if I've ever seen that in a league. Um, but he is – he does have very – he ha- I don't remember all of his running backs, but he has a lot more running back depth than I have. He had, like, Chubb um, – Girly. He had like A.J. Dillon, but he also had a few other guys in there that I believe he had decent running back depth. I don't remember them all, but, um and I felt like his running back depth to his quarterback situations sort of fit with my team, but I couldn't find a team that I felt like needed a wide receiver. Ayuk was kind of the guy that I wouldn't mind moving for what I had. So the Jimmy Garoppolo thing kind of appealed to me because sometimes I do believe there's a little bit of a 49ers Love so that if 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 he does have that, I'm not saying he does, but that's the whim I'm going on. I don't really know, but I was thinking maybe Brandon Ayuk would also hold a little bit more appeal to him to get me mixing, and then I got a little bit afraid of the holdout.
1: Yeah. So now, did you reach out come after and say like, is that that deal that I sent you? Is that something that would interest you?
0: No, I just canceled it.
1: Okay. Yeah. I guess it, it all. I mean, that's the thing, right? This time of year, you. You have an idea you you finally you know work out a deal offer that you're comfortable with and then the news comes out that you know buddy hasn't practiced at all yet or whatever it
0: is yeah and I, I mean, don't know if I would have tried to even formulate it at this point because I'm, I'm really honestly good with having my my quarterback depth but the reason I have it is for these situations in my opinion so then I did go after Mixon and, and And then by the time this morning came around, a little bit more of the mix and maybe holding out news came out, and I was kind of like, huh, maybe this doesn't help my current situation for selling a quarterback right now. Maybe I just wait or go after somebody maybe cheaper than Mixon, but I felt like right now it doesn't help my current situation. It also changes his team, though, because if I don't take Mixon from him, and I went after another running back, he has that mix and concern, so his running back depth may mm-hmm. not feel the same today. So Mixon could be the easiest running back for me to get from him to that point, but I don't know if it helps my current situation, which is kind of why I wanted that quarterback depth.
1: It's funny, you and, uh, you and Jason got me thinking more like that. I, that's one thing that I always, the angle that you guys always pull out when we talk trades, that I, it's funny, in poker, you're always trying to figure out what the other guy has. Mm-hmm. But in fantasy and like even best ball, you talk to guys and they're you know looking at who's around them and who's trying to stack who and they want to play you know defense or whatever it is, offense or steal guys. I couldn't care less, man. I'm looking at my team, my roster, uh, and and I I started doing that more in dynasty though because you are playing against guys that are building dynasties as well, and mm-hmm. you know it is important to see what what that move will do not only to your roster but to the opponent your opponent's roster that's that's something that i don't think a lot of fantasy land does actually consider maybe they do and i'm one of the few that wasn't you know uh but it's definitely something that i pay a lot more i mean you you're always aware of teams around you but i never really put that much weight into you know the significance of this trade for my opponent's team
0: right yeah yeah there's sometimes there's just those little things i'll i'll look for you know and it it doesn't always work but um Man, you'd be surprised like how many, and this was pre two nineteen. But how many people like how many Jimmy G owners you were able to sell like Dante Pettis to, and and little things like that, and how well mm-hmm. like you can maneuver some of those things just psychologically like they might not even realize they're putting that stack together. But obviously if you own Jimmy G you have to believe in that offense a little bit, even if it's, it's not on your mind. When I send you that trade, there's something you believe about that. And so many people might want a piece of those things they believe in, even if they don't quite see what you're doing.
1: And see, see, you just proved my point. So you wouldn't get that if you just sent out a message saying this player's on on the block, Ah, but you you do get that when you send an offer. And I I know, cause I've, I've fallen for it where I'll get an offer and I'll first look at it. And one thing I I don't do, and this has paid off well many times is I don't reject an offer. Like, unless I know for sure, for sure. But if it's something like sometimes I'll leave it. Even if I'm like, at first I look at it at first and I'm like, yeah, no, I wouldn't do that. Then I, then I, sometimes I like to chew over a bit and then sometimes I go a little too far and I convince myself and I'm like, you know, but you are right. It does plant a seed in your head and a thought where you're like, you weren't thinking that before. And now that this player has been kind of put in on your table, then you start researching him, looking, you know, into him, looking last year, how did he produce? What's the latest news? Oh, he's doing well in camp. You know, so you can, whatever that narrative is with the players you're being offered, sometimes just getting an offer will trigger some new seeds that maybe you weren't yeah, yep. thinking before. And I, and I think you missed that by just sending out the, Hey guys, I'm selling this guy.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. E- even like, and I wanted to go the cheaper route with Pettis there, but even, even when I had more Debo shares and I know he's somebody you like a lot and that, and that, but even when I had more Debo shares, like the first person I'm often was turning to was the Jimmy G owner and, and trying to address it that way. And most of the shares that, i sell end up going that way like if i have tyreek i'm gonna look at the mahomes owner that's not not saying that that's the way the trade's gonna end but (laughs) that's that's how i'm gonna start it
1: that's because we're suckers for stacks that's why yeah yeah stacking right because we think everyone else is thinking that way and some guys don't even care for stacks you know
0: yeah yeah
1: but i I, that's usually the first place i'll go you know if i want to sell a piece i usually go for you know if i want to move Kittle or something i'll go look at the jimmy g guy first
0: yep And then, I mean, you have to be ready to also, like, and it doesn't always work out, but you have to be ready to not be after a certain player, but try to find players within that team that you like or you need. And that's where sometimes, like, because me, like, I'll, an example, like, somebody that, if you're in a league with me and you own Swift, you've probably gotten an offer from me by now, and you've probably rejected it. But then you, you, the next step is having to get to the point where, okay, I can't get Swift, but... Who can I get that, like, even though I don't have the same kind of man crush on, can still help my team in that same way? And then maybe that you have to find that player within those other rosters. And maybe they don't have them. Maybe you can't figure out a deal you like, and you have to move on before you send that offer. But you have to be willing to have some diversity within your teams and not just always be going after Swift, like like myself. Like, you also need some diversity, and you have to be like, Okay, you know, like I don't believe in him the same, but I like Cam Akers a lot, and I'm just I'm sticking with rookies. But there's so many other examples you can have of that, or you can find a player that you'll like. Maybe it's not even a running back. Maybe you realize like, oh, they do have, and I'll stick with me and sorry, Lions, but they do have Hawkinson. Maybe I can work something out with Hawkinson because they somehow have two tight ends that in their head maybe not mine, but in their head, they probably have above Hawkinson. So they're probably good at this position. And like, even though we all like Hawkinson, they might be like, Oh, you know, like this kind of works for me and I don't need Hawkinson. And so, I mean, there's always something out there. So it's important to not just go after Deandre Swift.
1: I, um, a few years ago I did kind of my own test. I don't know. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to literally, whenever I do drafts, pick my guys. And it was one of those things where you know that it's not going to go well, but you're like, you know what, I need to do this one season so that I get out of my system. And it was horrible. It was just like, you know, you name it, I had him and he was injured or, you know, whatever it was. And one thing with best ball, you learn very quickly, ownership percentage of players is very important, man. You you can't be having 50, 60, 70% ownership of a player. And and I treat my dynasty, because I have so many dynasty teams now that I treat it the exact same way. And I'm basically, you know, you talked about Debo. People know I like Debo. They've offered me, uh, who was it? Jerry sent me, uh, um, what was it? Right, I, don't remember if I sent it to him or he sent it to me, but right when, you know, the Debo injury happened, uh, I basically got Debo for Mike Williams. And for me, that's, that's like such a great value. Yeah.
0: I mean, especially so- today.
1: Exactly. So, um, so yeah, I would say the, the player ownership percentage is something you, and there's some awesome tools online. If you're doing best balls, uh where you can you know on whether it's RotoViz or uh they'll have it for fanball for FFPC and it'll you've got tools that'll track your ownership of players you can go in and see exactly how much percentage of you know your rosters you have these guys on and if you go on MFL you can actually and I believe on FFPC is the same thing you can um for your dynasty teams you can just go in the search where you see all your teams you list all my teams and you can search that player, and it'll show you in each of your leagues which team owns that player. So you can see, like, if you have four or five shares, you know, out of your 10 or whatever, you're at 50%. What's that site again? Uh, which So Rotoviz is is the one for the best ball.
0: Okay. Is, is there one for, like, all sites, though? Uh,
1: for player ownership? Yeah. So MFL, I'm, I'm not sure. I know... Um,
0: Be I know sweet. That's what I need.
1: Oh, I, 100%. and And I... You know, you're just waiting for a company to come out with that uh, or someone to come out with that. But uh, who was it? Scott Scott Fish has on his site for MFL mm-hmm. where you can kind of manage your waiver wires and trades and all that. It shows you all your teams on one page. You yeah. know, and it shows you have offers. So if you want to, if you work on MFL a lot to manage those teams, you can use that tool. But if you're doing best balls, RotoViz is a no brainer. And, and look, they don't sponsor us or me or anything like that. Um, but Dan and I both use. Their tools—they're—they're they're just awesome. Like, and and to, in all fairness, DLF, uh, Dynasty League Football, also has awesome tools, uh, similar that you can, you know, game splits, uh, you know, quarterback tendencies, coach tendencies, all that kind of stuff. If you have both those site memberships with the tools you get on both sites, it's you, you don't need much else when it comes to to managing that kind of stuff, but or even doing research. But I do feel it's very important for you to track your player membership or player ownership, whether you're playing dynasty or best ball.
0: JD, I have poured most things, as Finero would say, out of the vacuum for you, Mixon or Drew Locke and Brandon Ayuk. I still
1: go Mixon. You know I'm not a I'm not huge on Locke. I'm warming up to the idea of Locke and and him doing well in Denver especially a couple of people I've seen recently post, I think Jason Moore from the ballers posted that he went back and looked at the, the tape and was surprised to how much he liked Locke. you know, this time around. And I heard a couple other people too, that I respect just discuss how he's kind of grown on them. And I, you know, I've been doing my own research, so he's someone that's kind of growing on me, but I still have concerns with the short sample size. Mm-hmm. And I just feel it's one of those scenarios that they've put so many good weapons around him that i f- feel like his i don't know that his leash will be that long right because usually when sure. you have a really good team around a quarterback you want them to perform now because yeah. you've got those players now so i feel like if he doesn't continue uh this you know that he, he went on a nice run there for those five games that I, I feel like he'll have a short leash so i do have concerns with Locke. listen he's a quarterback it's super flex i like iuk as a rookie receiver but the the um oh, wow i'm brain farting right now
0: mm-hmm. no yeah, I, yeah i'm I- just those stud running backs,
1: like they're, yeah. they're the um, Mixon's the, still pretty young. Yeah, and the scarcity. Sorry, that's what I'm looking at. The scarcity at the position. Yeah, he's totally young dude. How old is he? He's
0: twenty? I think twenty three for for how long he's been in the league? That's pretty young. I, he might. I, I don't know exactly. I, I honestly threw that off the top of my head, but um, right here, he is twenty, twenty four. So he just turned twenty four.
1: Okay. So he's, you know, we were talking about this on the Goat District. We did our uh, running back. Uh, Dino Back Smackdown with Kyle from FF Fellas and um, Dynasty Dad. And we were talking about there's like a new cliff now almost for these, these running backs where it used to be like 24 to 27 was, was the, the range you wanted a, a running back. That's kind of where they were producing at their max. And now it's like 20, 21 to 25, you know? 25 is, that, is, is the new cliff if you, if, you, if you look at the running back position, which is crazy because these guys are still young. They're 25
0: um yeah i totally agree i want to follow that up before we get out of here i want to follow that mix and question up because we've talked a lot about um trades and trade strategies from from putting players on the block to you were all here y'all heard everything we just talked about but so did i hurt myself by canceling this trade because he knows i'm I want to make this move if I send it back or did I help myself or maybe neither? However you want to answer this by if I choose to send it back, will he think maybe I'm a little bit hesitant and he wants to hit accept now with the mix of news that he has also heard?
1: Well, (laughs) the politically correct person in me is saying, well, a, I don't think you hurt yourself. Like at the end of the day, you're letting him know you put an offer out. You're trying to get one of his big players it's a good time to try to get them as long as you don't think there's a long-term effect with regards to the injury or what's going on. Again, it's there's a, there's a lot of question marks, so it's hard to know exactly. But those are also the times when you can get guys at really good prices, and this is one of those. I think this is one of these opportunities for you. Um, I might do two things. I might, like I said, reach out to him and say, "Hey, you know, got a bit of hesitation with Mixon, but I'm just wondering, like, would that deal like that interest you or something in that range?" Or I would resend it and add a little
0: something you on know, my I'd, side to him.
1: No, I was going to go with or you. I, I might throw like a third on his side or just to coming show Coming back that, to me. Just, yeah, just to show him that you initially put this offer. No, then you, I'm a little
0: scared, but it will still be. Exactly.
1: Exactly. So just I to kind of like you, that. Just because you, because here's the thing once you send an offer, especially if this is the first offer, chances are he's going to come back. So now. Like this is pure sales tactic. Like now if he comes back, he's just going to remove that whatever you added. Whereas if you send it the way it is, he's going to come back and he's going to want, you know, whatever. He's going to add another player or another two pieces on your side to make the deal happen.
0: Yeah, yeah, I hear you. you know I, what I mean? might toy you around want- with it a little bit. I've got so much mixing. There was also one of those players that, going back to a lot of stuff we talked about, like that I was kind of like, huh, I don't know if I want to have the risk one more time with – this news is now in the air, but I do agree with everything you said, but that that was another point where I was kind of like, I have enough Mixon to worry about another share of Mixon, but I don't think it hurts my team by bringing Mixon on with the quarterback depth and wide receiver depth that I have.
1: No, no, not at all. Especially like you look at this offense around him, Cincinnati, you're you're, with Burrow. You're hoping this offense is putting up points this year and in the next, obviously the next few years, but he's, he's, uh, I mean, he's in line for something good as long as there's nothing too crazy going on. You know, again, I, I don't know all the details. All I know is that he hasn't been practicing at all. So it's kind of odd.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I'm probably going to put the offer back out and probably do exactly what you said. Grab, see if I can grab an extra third with it and kind of see what happens. But Yeah jd this has been a ton of fun we've uh we've killed some flies i i almost had tears in my eyes but i think it is time for our goodbyes tell them all of them great places to find you the things you're doing focusing on thanks a ton man
1: thanks for having me buddy it's always to a anybody
0: that made it to football talk here in this episode i hope you enjoyed it all though
1: yeah, man, this has been a blast. I uh, appreciate you having me on as usual. We always have a good conversation, I think, and especially the trade talk is, is always my favorite. Uh, you can check us out on uh, YouTube, any any podcast format that you're, you're on. We've got the Quarter Millie Billies, which are, are back this year. We're going after half a million FFTC, so check that out on YouTube. Uh, we're on Instagram, YouTube, and any podcast format. Thank you very much. At Quote District, tag me on all your trades. Later
0: yeah absolutely do tag him and he will be there and he is very active on twitter i am at swagzilla zero g on twitter follow at super flexible pod on twitter this is the super flexible podcast we are part of the super flex army follow at fl2 drink minimum go take advantage of those stock markets The fly is dead.